Okay, here we go. We're going to practice because when I say one, two, three, you're going to say, I can do that. Let's practice, okay? One, two, three. I can do that. Okay, I think you're just warming up. I'd like to talk to you about God's heroes. In fact, we have a list of them in the 11th chapter of, uh, what's that book again? The Hebrews. But God is still writing the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And I would like to talk to you about the possibility that you can be one of those heroes. Because God doesn't always need a team for everything. Sometimes God just needs one person. Just one person with a vision, with a passion, with a heart to obey God. Just needs one person. And I wonder if that one person is here tonight. Okay, let's see. Pastor Tim says, yes, they are. Well, yes, they are. Because what would this whole area be without Pastor Tim, without Rodika? What would it be? There would be a hole. There would be something missing. They have come. They have paid a price. And they've made a difference to this church. But far larger than this church. And you can do that too. You can do that too. So I have seven examples plus one. This guy, he said, I never did this before. Now, sometimes, having been a pastor myself, I ask people, Let, take, would you take care of the kids? You know, the, the, the leader is not able to come tonight. Take care of the kids. I never did that before. Well, you know, if you're asking God to grow you, to change you, to stretch you, to develop you, he's going to ask you to do something You've never done before, but one, two, three. Yes, okay, you're doing good. Now, who would be example number one? Oh, this guy Noah. God had an issue. He needed a person, a man, just one man. Did he build it all by himself? Probably he didn't. But there was one man who had the obedience, who had the leadership, who is willing to do something that he never did before. And, dear saints, as I thought I would be talking to some old folks here tonight, but I don't see any right now. But, um, you know, sometimes folks say, because there's a little snow on the roof, you know, there ain't no fire in the belly. But they got another thing coming to them. I think I'm the oldest person here tonight. Uh, I don't think there's, I don't see anybody who's even close to me. Uh, let me see. Is there anybody here who's older than 75? No. 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 Oh. I lost that one. Okay, here we go. I never know. I haven't been to Bible school. I haven't been to theological seminary. I haven't been to boat building school. I haven't been to maritime college. 
Well, you know, if God asks you to do something, the devil will give you an arm's length of reasons why you can't do what God asks you to do. But number one, he did it anyway. And he was an old critter when he started. <laughs> but he did it and he changed the world in some way. Number two, leave the past behind. One, two, three. Okay, keeping you on your toes here. Okay, now sometimes we have to forget and leave it in the past. Your past does not control your future. Your faith controls your future. The past will control your future if you let it. Now, what I'm preaching here tonight is leading up to the Romania, but I'm saying things that you get here all the time. I just say in a little different way, maybe a little louder. I don't know. But the Lord said to Abraham, get out of where you've been living. And sometimes you've got to leave some people behind. They're a ball and chain. They're lead weights. They're negative thinkers. They're negative believers. They'll rain on your parade. They'll tell you all the reasons why you're just like them and you'll never be any different. You were born here. You'll stay here. You'll live here. You'll die here. And God is saying, get out from there because you have the potential to change the world in some way. And so what did he do? He got up and he went. He was my age. I did it when I was 60 years of age. Okay, number three, keep the vision. We're moving along here. Keep the vision. Sometimes when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, when in that moment where God revealed himself to you, when you had that encounter, that Pentecostal encounter like uh, Isaiah, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He changed his life. You've had an encounter like that. And sometimes the pressures of life, the difficulties of life will rain on your parade and be like a wet towel on your vision. And there was this young man, his name was Joe, Seth. And you've got to be careful who you tell your vision to. You know, because some people, they, don't, they want to keep you in the crab basket. You know, all the crabs are in the crab basket. If one crab wants to get out, another crab will reach up and pull the crab down. And some people are just like that, you know. But... Uh, you know, his brothers, in spite of all that his brothers did for, uh, against him, this was his heart. Even when he was in prison, oh, you don't know how bad I have it, Roy, uh, Pastor Roy. You don't know what I've been through. Well, you know, if you want to think that way, then you can stay where you are. But if you want to move. So... <clears throat> Watch this. I'm going to use my thing here. This is what he said to his brother. When he was in the driver's seat and he had those brothers in his hand, they live or died depending on his word. This is what he said. He said, you, you thought evil against me. That was you, the brothers. He said, but God. Say, but God. But God. 
Oh, yes. That makes everything different, doesn't it? But God. But God meant it. It. What is it? The evil that they tried to do. God meant it, that evil, unto good. That's the Old Testament version of Romans 8.28. And we know that God works together for... Oh, your Bible people here tonight. Yes, wonderful. Why? Why? Some of the things that you've been through, some of the things that you've gone through, some victories, some pain, some agony, some abuse, some things that Pastor Rodica mentioned, you know. Well, you know, God uses those things unto good. Why? Because you can save much people through your testimony, through your victory, through what God has led you through. Number four, it's never too late. And of course, we know who we got to talk about there. It's Moses. You know, he knew that God had called him to be a deliverer. And then he made a mistake. Oh, he made a mistake. Anybody here who ever made a mistake? Yes. <laughs> the fact is that if God only used people who didn't make any mistakes, he wouldn't have nobody to use. Yeah. He's only got old sinners saved by grace like us, like you and me, at least for me, okay. And, and then when God called him, he said, who, me? You know, people say, who, me? I, I, you see, the limitation that we live with, the main limitations is from within ourselves. You know, from, from you ever notice that doctors' kids tend to become doctors? Because that's their mindset. That's where they were raised. And your family heritage can box you in because that's your mentality. Well, there's where my daddy was. But um, he got over that. And uh, what did he do? Well, God can speak to you in a way that's unique to you. God doesn't speak to everybody in the burning bush. But God will speak to you in a way that you will understand it completely, absolutely clear in your spirit. And that's what God did to him. And Moses was 80 years old when he was a beginner. He's just getting started. Well, I'm 75 and I'm just getting started. In fact, I just went to the, the whole doctor's thing, you know, to check me up. And uh, I went to the dermatologist dermatologist and he checked every square inch of my anatomy and I didn't like it <laughs> but it was necessary he's just getting started and I'm good for a couple more years 45 in particular and so Moses went there and he said to Pharaoh Pharaoh let my people go and he did God used his convincer. Okay, number five, be faithful. And of course, we're talking about Joshua here. Joshua was never in number one man. He was always second fiddle. He was always in the big man's shadow. He was always there behind and under Moses. But that's where God had him. And you know, second fiddle is a wonderful place to have. It's a wonderful place to be. And you know, if God has made you to be in a support position of the main man, be the best supporter that you could possibly be. You serve the man of God. 
with all your strength, with all your power, you give him your best. And is it any wonder when time for Moses to move on that he laid his hands on Joshua and the anointing that was on Moses came upon Joshua? You got to be faithful. And sometimes, you know, Joshua, he had to deal with the jackass. He had to deal with the angel, and he had to deal with a couple walls, and you do too, may I humbly say that. That's the jackass is a donkey, you understand. Okay, let's move. <laughs> and he was, he, when, when Moses was in the temple, saints, he was in the temple, 40 days in the temple. Have you ever been in prayer for hours, four days? Four weeks, you know, that man was in the shadow. And it wasn't Moses who said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. This is what happens. He shall dwell in the shadow of who? It don't get better than that. The provision and so on. And so number six, remember the Lord's promises, and of course Caleb is our example for that. God made a promise to him when he was 40 years old. And now 45 years later, he says, I want what God promised me. Yeah. And you know, some of us, we, 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 hello, we got to go and get what God promised us. It doesn't necessarily fall down automatically and we just sit back and hope it will. One, you've got to go out and you've got to get that critter. You've got to claim it. I think the Bible says, in fact, it does. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent go and get it. They take it by force. And that's what this guy Caleb did. And what could uh, Joshua do but say, bless you, Caleb. Wasn't he one of the 12 spies who came back with a good report? Yeah, faith counts, doesn't it? And he got the whole mountain of Hebron for an inheritance. But, you know, there were giants in that mountain. And God gave it to him, but he had to go in there and kick those giants out. And sometimes God got a promise for you. And God gave you the promise, but you've got to do some work to get that promise, you know. Go in there and claim it. Walk the territory. Okay. But he was a warrior right to the end. Okay, sometimes you feel like the kitty cat. And the word of God says, not meow, but rawr, rawr. Okay. Prayer is powerful. One, two, three. Yes, okay. And for this, we're going to use Nehemiah. Okay. Nehemiah, he heard something. You know, God moves us in different directions, in different ways, at different times. And sometimes God gives you revelation. Now, this time, Nehemiah was deeply moved by something he heard. Somebody gave him a report, and it moved him so deeply that this was the process through which he went through. Number one, he wept. It touched him. When's the last time we wept? about anything. Number two, he mourned. It grieved him. It moved him. Number four, he fasted. There are those who recommend that I do more of that. But I, I remind them that I do it, 
eight hours a day, from midnight to eight in the morning. God can use you. It doesn't matter whether you're tall or short or skinny or, oh, never mind, you know. <laughs> okay, so, so you know, if, if, if you want something, you can go get it. If you don't want it bad enough, maybe you really don't want it. You know, what are you willing to invest to get what God has promised you. And we know that he went out and he built that wall. And so I went through a difficult time. And I'm telling you this because I serve the same God you do. What God did for me, he'll do for you. And so, yes, I left the church I pastored in New York for 20 years and uh, found myself in Romania. First, I went to Peru. Yo hablo español, yo estudio español en la escuela. Dos años. Yo me llamo señor muy inteligente. Only those who speak Spanish can understand that one. Yes, okay. Thank you. And um, so I was willing to say that for us, here it is. In one week in Peru, we prayed with 400 people to receive Christ. One week, I wept. I left my station of ministry and went behind a shack and wept. I was so deeply moved that being in the four walls of that church for 20 years, if we had 40 people in a year, 40 people in a year, 400 in one week, the fields are white unto harvest. And that's why you're reaching out beyond. Do we need pastors? Absolutely. But God changed. I, I moved on from that chapter to another chapter in life. And so this is where we wound up. We, we built this church for gypsies. So this is the team we went with. And some of you may know them. It's with the Union Mission. That's a uh, local ministry in the area. And... Uh, you know, I have a degree in physics and mathematics, so, you know, I'm smart. In case you couldn't tell, I have to tell you, you know. And, <laughs> and, um, and I was a senior pastor, and I was wondering, oh, what job are they going to give me when I get there? And so they gave me the job to take out nails from old lumber so they could use them, reuse the lumber. <laughs> and quite frankly, I was glad to do it. And that's me, and that's my bucket there. I forgot to tell you that there, you know, that's me. Now, I, I was not more slender than, I was taller than. Okay, are we having a good time? What I did, help me now. One, two, three. Yes, yes, why not? Okay. And so in 2004, I bought this property. The prop price was $5,000. I took my retirement from an Assemblies of God pastor, $23,000. And I bought that property. The price was $5,000. But when they heard it was an American that wanted to buy it, $6,000. Going once, going twice. I bought it. $6,000. I saw the potential. Now we own this property, and we also own the adjacent property. The bird just comes as he wishes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the stork. Okay, and what do we do? 
You know, I went around preaching throughout the country and I realized I could do that for the rest of my life and not make a dent. And the Lord put it in my heart as I held it before him. He says, you know, no, bring them to you and train them. They're good. We're, we're not, we can't train them in a certain sense. They're good men. They're called men. But we can help make them more effective. You know, when you've been around the block a couple of times, you get some experience that you don't get in theological seminary. And then maybe you can help them, like leadership skills, like conflict resolution, uh, and, and a few things like that. How to sense the moving of the Holy Spirit and move as the God directs in the ministry. So we do training. How do we do it? We do conferences. That's our conference hall. And uh, there's another view of our conference hall. And um, there's, uh, we had the American and Romanian youth together. Why? Well, before I tell you why, would you like to hear from my Romanian bride? Yeah. <laughs> now, her name, now we don't talk politics here, but we have a president, he has a wife. Her name is Melania. Well, I have a first lady, and her name is spelled exactly the same way, but we pronounce it correctly. It's Melania. I don't think you're on, dear. Let me see here. Is she on? Try it again. Okay. It's great pleasure to be with you in this evening for worship to the same God. Thank you for everyone. You are wonderful people. Thank you because you receive us. Thank you for all your sacrifice, what you do for uh, Romania, ministry in uh, Apavia or beyond. We pray for you. We love you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Yes, sir, that's my baby, no, sir. <laughs> okay, why? That's the question. Before you answer the question, what? Ask the question, why are we there? And there's only one reason. It's not to have cars and relationships and buildings. It's for just this one thing, that they will not perish, but have everlasting life. Fiindcă atât de mult a iubit Dumnezeu lumea, că a dat pe singurul lui fiu pentru că oricine crede în el să nu piară, ci să aibă... Thank you. Viață, viață, viață veșnică. Life, life, eternal life. And that's why we do whatever we do. And yes, it's a team effort. And uh, we use the musicians that God has provided for. We don't have music kind of like you guys had here tonight, you know. And then, and then Pastor Rodica gets up, and we just entered into the, the continuation of worship of that music. That, that will change the life. That will change the heart. That will bring deliverance. It's absolutely beautiful. And do, we do the best we can with what we've got. And we've got Sister Sylvia here. And with her guitar, she can run the whole show. She's good, you know. And um, so God took me off the dunghill of depression and set me amongst princes. Great men of God. God did that. 
What God did for me, he'll do for you. One, two, three. I do that. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. And so the top one is 1,100-member church. Can't wait to get Pastor Tim behind that pulpit. And uh, we traveled two and a half hours to go to a church where we might be 15, 18 people. And then we traveled two and a half years, hours back to preaching for 30, 40 minutes or something like that. And I asked God, is it worth it? And the Lord said to me, if you just get one person, like Sister Rodica said about writing that book, just one person, it's worth it. Amen. Go. So uh, we go. We go. And uh, here we are in the Czech Republic, and we've been in this country, these countries uh, so far because we're a launching pad, but now we've got this Islamic invasion of Europe. It is significant. Not all Muslims are terrorists, but amongst them there are terrorists. But uh, any Muslim that really truly believes and reads the Koran and wants to go according to Koran will quickly understand that the principle is Islam should dominate the world. That's their ultimate goal, as I understand it. And they use different means to get Allah, Akbar, Allah is not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is some other entity, but he is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's something else. And these parts of Europe have been severely um, affected by this migration. And uh, the principle is you can become um, a Muslim or you can be forced to do so. And if you choose not to, you either pay uh, an exorbitant tax or you lose your head. And they even train their kids to become suicide bombers and things like that. I spare you some of the more gruesome pictures that I have, uh, but uh, you've probably seen it. And so we are there for a divine purpose. We know the scripture that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard, and I believe that we're there. We're not anti-Islam. We are pro-Jesus Christ. And that, lifting up the cross, lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, will do the job. And so God needs Christian men and women who are not, not fitting in. They stand out to make a difference with courage. Because we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Romania is an awakening giant. And we are there for a divine purpose. And that purpose is for God so loved the world. And we thank you. We're now in a building process because we have, um, we have built a conference hall for uh, 35 people. We've been having over 70 come. We sleep 50 kids. Over 100 have been coming. Wonderful problems to have. And uh, so we've started a building process. I mean, we, we need to expand so that 
we are building a place to seat between 125 and 150 pastors. Islam, Turkey, wants to build the largest mosque in Europe in our capital of Bucharest. We can build a training center for men and women of God to send them into all the world. They charge millions. We got a projected cost of $30,000. Can we do that? Yes. And so God bless you. Thank you. And uh, pray for us in Romania. And uh, we love you all. Amen. Amen.